Welcome to this week's episode of the Big Book Living Alive podcast, a weekly podcast showcasing the 1993 Big Book Seminar presented by Joe and Charlie in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. I am your host, Brad S., and I am an alcoholic. It's interesting how everyone always tells us that it's not the destination, it's the journey that matters, and that's books and movies and podcasts and everything. And even to an extent, our program is like that. It really is a journey. And I've been saying that for the last number of episodes. But this one is a destination episode. This is a turning point where you get to see the results. That's because now we have completed our fourth step. And we've done the paperwork. And we've done the talking to people, and then we've done the quiet reflection. If that's not getting to a destination, I'm not quite sure what is. Let's hear what Joe and Charlie have to say about it this week. Page 74 tells us how to find somebody to take it with. Now, remember in 1939, the first person who got this book here in Pennsylvania, didn't have another AA member to take step five with, didn't have a sponsor to take it with. So they had to find another human being, and 74 tells them how to do this. Later on, when Bill wrote the 12 and 12, 13 years later, he said it might be well to take this with one's own sponsor, because they probably know more about us than anybody else does. I think the real criteria is do they know what we're trying to do? Do they understand four and five according to the big book? Can they help us see those things we can't see? It could be our sponsor. It could be anybody we wish to. The main thing is, are they going to be able to help us? Page 75 tells us how to do step five. Said when we decide who is to hear our story, we waste no time. Again, Bill is hurrying us right on through these steps before this self-will begins to come back. And we've decided there's no, there's no good reason why we should do these things. So we've written an inventory and are prepared for a long talk. Now here's where this inventory really has value. Remember all the time before we're going one column at a time, up top to bottom, top to bottom. Well now I can take this inventory to my sponsor and he and I can sit down and we can go over these names and these items one at a time from left to right and gleaning information from this because it said earlier that a solitary self-appraisal is insufficient. As Charlie said, I did the best I was capable of. But now some, um, someone who's objective can look at these things and go from left to right and we can discuss these things at length. I don't know if you've, uh, I know that a number of you have been involved in fourth and fifth steps and you know how sometimes we get way off the track, we'd be talking about one situation for a while, then we're talking about another one and another one, and get totally confused. Well, these inventory sheets can help us stay on track, help us stay to the, to the point, help us to stay with one person, one situation, one thing at a time from left to right, and we can talk those things out, gleaning all the information we can, changing some of those columns around, as Charlie mentioned. You know, it's real, really, really uh, apparent to me this morning that some of you have defects of character. I can see those. But you know, it's difficult for me to see me because between me and you, there's nothing but air. 
but between me and me is a lot of rational uh, rationalization and justification and old ideas and old habits. It's hard for me to see me. And that's why I need someone else to look at me and say, no, that's not the way it was. And this is very, very important here with these inventories. We explain to our partner what we're about to do and why we have to do it. He should realize that we're engaged upon a life and death errand. Most people approached in this way will be glad to help. They will be honored by our confidence. So we pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. And I remember when I took my inventory over to my sponsor, Franklin, he lives in West Memphis. I mean, uh, uh, Olive Branch, Mississippi, near West Memphis. And uh, Franklin and I sat on his porch and in his living room for the better part of three days discussing this item, these items in, in depth. And he was able to point out a lot of things to me and to share a lot of things with him about himself with me. If you've been married to two women seven times, it takes about three days. It takes to three days. Yeah. <laughs> really, really does. <laughs> but we, we discuss these things in depth. And I'll, and I'll never... Uh, Never forget those days. They were wonderful times. I can look back today and I can realize that many, many wonderful things began to happen to me after that. Because as I drove home that afternoon, it's about an eight-hour drive back to my home. As I drove home, I had a feeling in me that at this time, I mean, I'm really on, some, on the road going somewhere. This time, I am really free of all that stuff. And I remember, too, that I began to look people in the eye. And I, I don't like looking down at the floor. I can't stand that. And Franklin helped me to see myself and to realize that I wasn't a bad person trying to get good in Alcoholics Anonymous. I'd been a sick person and I was trying to get well. And once having taken this step withholding nothing, more promises, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we're beginning to have a spiritual experience. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We'll feel we're on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. And that's exactly how I felt after these things. It's a wonderful experience, a wonderful thing to do. And again, these things that are described here are all positive happenings. Nothing negative about this thing at all. We're in the process of undergoing a personality change sufficient to recover from alcoholism. We're in the process of having the spiritual experience. Now, after you've done four and five, you've done an awful lot of work. You deserve a little rest. So Bill's going to give us now a little rest period. He said, returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour. <laughs> now, he didn't say 72 days. One hour carefully reviewing what we've done. We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. We don't know him yet, but we know him better. Taking this book down from our shelf, we turn to the page which contains the 12 steps. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask if we have omitted anything, for we're building an arch through which we shall walk a free man at last. Is our work solid so far? Are the stones properly in place? Have we skimped on the cement put into the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? Again, referring to this wonderfully effective spiritual structure. Remember step one, willingness was the foundation. Step two, believing was the cornerstone. <coughs> step three, decision was the keystone. And there he told us it was going to be an arch. 
Now in steps four and five, we put some more stones in place. We review what we've done up to this point. If we can answer to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, every one? If we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. That's all of step six. And if you'll notice here in the narrative on step six, he didn't say anything about defects of character. He did say those things which we have admitted are objectionable. Now surely through the inventory process, step four and five, when we saw what we had become out in that fourth column, when we saw that old selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, frightened, and inconsiderate character, when we saw that that part of our personality caused us to do the things that hurt other people, that caused them to retaliate and then caused us to be filled with resentment and fear and guilt and remorse. Surely that kind of personality has now become objectionable to us. Are we ready to turn loose of that selfishness? Are we ready to turn loose of that dishonesty? Are we ready to turn loose of that old self-seeking, frightened attitude? Are we ready to turn loose of that inconsideration? If we are, we've already done step six. But the book recognizes always that self can overcome self. We're always going to have to have God's help. And it said if we're not willing to turn those loose, we ask God to help us be willing to turn those things loose. And eventually the willingness becomes. You know, let's face it, we human beings are funny things. Sometimes we would rather sit in today's pain and suffering because we've kind of learned how to handle that. Sometimes we would rather stay in that than take a chance on changing in the future because we don't know what change would bring. Now after all, when I got here, I was 40 years old. And if you've been dishonest all your life and you've got to turn that loose, how in the hell are you going to make a living? You know, if you've been selfish all your life and you're going to have to turn that loose, then who's going to give you what you need? If you've operated on fear forever, you have no idea what courage would bring. If you're going to have to consider other people first, well, who's going to take care of you? God, sometimes we don't want to turn loose of those things. And we usually don't until they hurt us so bad that we absolutely have to. I remember going to my sponsor and I said, I don't believe I can do six and seven. He said, why? I said, because if God takes away all my character defects, I'm not going to have any personality left at all. <laughs> and he said, you, you're about 100% right. But he said, what you don't understand, if God takes them away, they're going to have to be replaced by something else. And he said, what replaces them will be so much better than anything you've ever had before. You'll wonder why it took you so long to have it done. But he said, you'll never know that unless you're willing to take a chance. So step six, are we ready to turn them loose? If we are, you've already done six. If you're not, you ask God for the willingness till you become willing, and then you've done six. Now then, when ready, we say something like this. My Creator, I'm now willing you should have all of me good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defective character. Whoop, 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 whoop. We're in step seven now. 
This was an action-packed, hang-on-to-your-seats-we're-going-on-a-wild-ride kind of episode. Okay, maybe not quite that exciting, but it was a pretty action-packed, information-packed episode. We got to two plus a little bit of one of the next of the seven steps, so we we really did hit a lot of ground this week. When the program was new, as Charlie said at the beginning of the episode, and there was really no one else in the uh, state or maybe even in the country where a new person was going through their fourth step and needed someone to do their fifth step with, there was no infrastructure. So that meant that in the early days, as was suggested in the book, to find someone who you could share this with really evolved over time, especially after the release of the 12 and 12, about 15 years later. After there had been a number of years of the program, it had evolved, it had grown, it, there was infrastructure so that you could see the evolving part of Bill saying, hey, a fifth step should be done with someone who can understand where you have been. And that in no way says it shouldn't be your priest, it couldn't be your spouse, but normally we find that it is someone who is in the program that can see into you and understand you like they did me with my sponsor when I did my fifth step. And the sixth step, while one of the smallest, shortest steps in the book, really truly is that destination step. We became willing to have God remove or our higher power remove our defects of character. That's an action step. That is one that says, we have done the journey. We are at the destination. What's next? I hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as I did. If you'd like just the raw Joe and Charlie portion of the podcast, that is available on our Patreon site. The link to that is available on our website or in the pinned comment. Until next week, this is the Big Book Living Alive Joe and Charlie podcast.